Well, thank you so much for coming out to the Daily Cyber. To, uh, my name is Brandon Krieger. I'm a cybersecurity account executive for Uzado. I'm here to talk about what's going on in the cybersecurity industry, kind of the truth about cybersecurity. Uh, I took last week off just to take a little bit of break, but today I'm back at it and lots to talk about, lots going on. So grab a coffee, grab a tea, and let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. Uh, so it's been a busy couple of weeks. I'm sure everyone's been uh, had their ear to the ground and kind of watching the news and everything that's been going on there with the election and everything's happening. Uh, so Joe Biden has now the new president of the United States. So we'll have to see how that all plays out. That'll be interesting to see. Uh, being a Canadian and, you know, the little brother from the north, uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that all plays out. Now, not to go into too much politics, but um, I'm going to see how the next, you know, uh, month to two months that actually affects you know different organizations uh, different companies and just to see how we can support them as we're going through this because yeah it's uh interesting times right now with everything that's going on with the pandemic the election protests you name it there's a lot going on right now and what i'm finding when you f- see kind of chaos like this uh hackers love this uh and take advantage of chaos because people are focused on so many different things and you're looking at kind of, you know, just talk about like phishing and uh, even just different malware attacks. We're seeing even more increasing by, you know, articles and, and clickbait that people are clicking on right now to kind of look and review of what's really going on. You know, is Trump saying this? Is Biden saying this? And what's going on? And then people are clicking on it. And then what happens is they're, you know, false sites. They're, you know, sites that might have malware in the back end. There might be banners are kind of like clickbaity that people are clicking on, which again, it gets installed kind of any, any type of malware or virus. So all this stuff is going on and as it increases and, you know, the more news that's out there, the more we're going to start to see this. And it's just really kind of crazy. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about more uh, later on about ransomware. Uh, just, you know, more and more companies are getting compromised when it comes to ransomware. And, and my opinion, and this is what I'm feeling, is they're getting in through, you know, different types of users that are clicking on things they shouldn't be. And then also now it clicks through and, and then installs a malware and the malware starts to execute and then it starts to go throughout the network and starts to lock things down. So it's really hard right now when you look at the state of you know business and the state of the economy and where we are right now, some of the risks and the vulnerabilities that are out there are just increasing and it's taking 
a lot of great companies and experts in their in their companies to really take a step back and review, you know, their compliance, their risk uh, appetite, looking at different transference models, whether you're transferring risk to, you know, maybe it's outside vendors, maybe it's insurance companies, whatever that may be. And they're really looking at how to posture themselves going forward. And it's a lot of work. I mean, a lot of great people are doing a lot of great work right now. And as I talk to different organizations, different experts in the field, uh, and really kind of have that deep conversation of what they're working on, you can really tell they're, they're hustling. They're doing a lot of great work to make sure everything's secure. Uh, and just a lot, a lot to think about right now. And I mean, I'd love to hear your comments. I don't know if you're li listening to this on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are. Comment. Let me know uh, what would you really like to get out of this podcast today. Uh, kind of what your challenges you're working on, uh, especially when it comes around cybersecurity. I really like to kind of help to provide as much information, as much value I can to help companies and organizations that are really looking at what do I need to do? What do I need to look at right now? And these are the conversations I've been having time and time again where people are reading articles, they're going to different experts and just saying, look, what's the top five things I need to look at right now? How can I forecast this right now? Especially, you know, we're in November and companies are right now trying to forecast, you know, day to day, week to week, but also looking forward into 2021. What do they need to look at? What do they need to work on for the, this coming year? Especially when 2020 was flipped upside down. A lot of companies had a roadmap for 2020 and that got changed because of the pandemic and everything that they were planning out for the year, even two years also now got, you know, a base way to, best way to say it is basically increased its severity and in, in implementation of it need to be done now or even yesterday. Uh, we're looking at uh, VPN solutions, as you guys know, uh, cloud solutions, uh, security policies and procedures, endpoint protection, even monitoring uh, solutions, all were like something that was discussed or even just thought of for that year or maybe you know the following year and then 2021. And also now it became, oh my God, we need to get it now because we don't know, one, how we're you know getting our employees, our clients to get the data that they need. Uh, even, and even actually, like, let me put this in there. I'm just thinking about this e-commerce solutions. So actually, there was an increase in e-commerce, uh, especially for retail. When re retail, restaurants too, uh, hospitality. I'm just trying to think of different industries that I've seen more of this. Now I was actually looking uh, this weekend. I was going out to grab a burger, and um, Hero Burgers actually has this application where you can kind of order it and then go and pick up your food. A lot of restaurants. Uh, have implemented this type of solution to be able to uh, satisfy and get these the same business and and revenue models that they were before because now they don't have the in seating where uh, you know a good portion of their their patrons were coming into the restaurant and then ordering and then sitting down now they can't so they're trying to do whatever they can to kind of meet that business now like i said these companies are implementing all these new processes new technologies to be able to do this overnight because they need to have business continuity and keep their business going so a lot going on right now a lot in these areas where companies are really kind of doing their best to implement strategies and then test the measurable results. They're implementing them. They're seeing how they work. They're evaluating their analytics. They're meeting about that. They're going over it to make sure it's viable to sustain their business going forward. Because, I mean, we're all hearing that, you know, 
this is pandemic's going to go into 2021 and you know first quarter maybe maybe in second so now how do companies survive through that process especially when you look at mid-size you know larger larger organizations and below that might have been hit harder because of this uh the small mom and pop shops that maybe are uh, local kind of uh what's the best one restaurants i've seen some restaurants close uh, re- uh, retail stores, small kind of retail stores that now can't have the foot traffic. You know, if they weren't able to get that uh, e-commerce up and get that traffic back in, uh, I've seen a few close down there. So it's really hard for companies right now to really establish what they need to do and then maintain that going forward for the next six months to one year because we really don't know what's the landscape, what's really going to happen. It's only now we're kind of going month to month, week to week, month to month to really project kind of our estimate, I guess I would say is estimation of this is how it's going to look. But again, with the governments, you know, as I'm going to talk about Ontario, they're still, they're looking at opening up again, kind of doing the, the best they can to keep the eco- uh, the economy going. But if they lock down again, if the cases increase and they lock down again, how's that going to affect the different companies that have to have certain things open, have to have a supply chain, you know, have to be open. I mean, right now, one of the companies that I'm, or one of the industries I'm thinking about and haven't heard much about, I want to actually do a little bit more research is gyms. I know, I think it was about a month ago and start of October, they closed down the gyms again. And now like what's the, what's going to happen there. And I mean, gyms are suffering because they're not getting that foot traffic to get people in and be able to work out. So now what happens, right? And you know, do they, you know, you know, I'm thinking about the GTA, do they close down? I mean, they only survived for so long to cover their their lease, their expenses, their hydro, and all that without getting any revenue in. So, it's really interesting to see how that's going to all play out. So, that's kind of a recap of what's going on. You know, what I'm seeing kind of in the industry, what's going on in the business, uh, business community. I'd love to hear what you think. Uh, depending on where you are, if you're on Twitch, if you're on YouTube, just comment below. Uh, let me know what you're thinking. You know, how are things going? So. Little housekeeping right now, just to let you guys know what I've been working on myself. Uh, there's a meetup group that I've set up uh, for the Daily Cyber. I will actually put that in the show notes uh, that you can see on YouTube later. And what you can do is you can go and actually sign up, register there, and then you can actually get the notifications of when <clears throat> the Daily Cyber's on. That you can almost put, you can put this in your calendar, so it's all there for you, so you don't miss an episode, and you can come out and check this out. The next thing is uh, there's another meetup group that we're, uh, I've, I've set up. It was the, the Cybersecurity uh, Defense In-Depth. Uh, that one's going to be a really good one. We're getting a lot of speakers coming out for that one. Uh, and we're starting to build out uh, December's schedule, January schedule of the speakers. And from that, we're going to get experts in the field to talk about you know Cybersecurity Defense In-Depth of what solutions, technologies they're using, strategies, to help protect their companies, their organizations, and what they're recommending for their industry. So that's really going to be really good to, uh, to share that information just because there's so much to know, so much to cover when it comes to cybersecurity and what's going on in the industry. So I wanted to share that with you guys that I've been working on that uh, and really kind of collaborating uh, with a few people on that. Uh, Terra Nova Defense is uh, the one I'm collaborating with, the Defense in Depth. Uh, they're really that team is really helping kind of to build this out and, and get the expert speakers that we need to be able to develop it out. So it's pretty cool to be able to have those conversations and really learn from experts, you know, CISOs, 
uh, security experts in the field of what they're looking at, what they're doing to help to defend against, you know, active threats and, you know, what's going on in their industry to protect against different types of attacks. It's just, it's pretty crazy. A lot of the stuff that's going on. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the housekeeping, what I've been working on. Uh, CISSP study group always oh, on Tuesdays. Uh, if you guys want to check that out, uh, studying the CISSP, I think that's been really beneficial for myself because looking at the conversations that I'm having day in and day out at a senior level uh, with senior executives, CISOs, really being able to understand and collaborate with them on what they're working on and have the, you know, the tactical empathy to be able to understand this is what they need, this is what they're working on versus a lot of times you know, sales guys go in and say, you need this product. But why? What's the business need? And being able to understand the, what you know some of the business requirements and be able to ask the right questions to understand them has been really helpful for me to really uh, collaborate with you know different you know, business owners, different you know experts in the field, and see if there's solutions that we can help them with. So that's been very helpful uh, to be able to talk about that and just study it in that type of mind frame. Uh, versus, you know, just kind of, you know, brain dumping the information and then just running with it, but be able to actually apply it day in and day out as I'm working. So that's been awesome to do. So uh, that's kind of a recap, a little housekeeping of what I've been working on, what's going to be going on with myself. Um, just trying to think if there's anything else that I'm missing right now. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, next week, I'm going to be having Neil uh, Bridges on the my podcast. And oh, Here's another thing. If you know anyone that would like to come on and be interviewed, let me know. I'm actually working on it. I haven't done this as as diligent as I should be. Uh, just been so busy in October that now I'm getting back at it where I'm reaching out to now experts in the field to get them on my podcast to be able to interview them. So it's been a busy October. I mean, everyone's been kind of going through a lot of challenges and and basically the, the pressure of the pandemic and try to kind of figure things out. I was able to kind of organize some things, get everything organized again, and then I'm back out, you know, really kind of connecting with experts in the field to be able to bring them on and interview them uh, as experts in the cybersecurity field to be able to share their information and help you guys learn more about how you can protect yourself, you and your company uh, from your day-to-day -day operations and everything that's going on. So a lot going on there uh, and really excited about that. So if you do know anyone that you'd like to hear uh, on my podcast, um, comment below. Let me know. I uh, love to know uh, who that person is, and I can reach out and, and just say, "Look, you know, I'd love to have you on your podcast to interview." So it's good to have that communal uh, insight because you guys know different experts that I might know or not not be able to or not have seen or reached out to. So it'd be good to have that. I'm just trying to think. If there's anything else? No, I think that's it for uh, that area. Uh, I want to jump over into the news because uh, there's a lot going on there. Uh, just give me a second here. There we go. So, yeah, uh, I was looking at uh, some different articles and things that were going on, and I found this one, a toy maker uh, Mattel hit by ransomware attack. And this is one thing that I really wanted to cover and really go in, in a little bit more in depth is more and more companies are getting hit with ransomware. I'm hearing it time and time again that you're, you know, it's the mid-sized companies, large organizations, and it's like, what do, what do we need to do as a cybersecurity industry to help them protect themselves? Right? And then if, I'm going to just kind of briefly read this article just so you guys can catch up. Now, you, this article will be posted late, uh, below in the comments. You can go check it out yourself and read over it. 
But financial disclosure filing describes a ransomware attack that delivered a weak punch. Uh, top toy maker Mattel reveals revealed it was a victim of a ransomware attack that successfully encrypted some data and temporarily uh, crippled the limited number of business functions. Disclosure was part of the U.S. Securities Exchange Commission. Disclosure filed in late October. Mattel reported that the attack occurred on July 8, 28, 2020, and that for the most part, it was mitigated quickly and had minimal impact on the company. Promptly upon detection of the attack, Mattel uh, began enacting its response protocols and taking a ser uh, series of measures to stop the attack and restore impact systems. Mattel contained the attack, and although some business functions were temporarily impacted, uh, Mattel restored its operations according to the company's uh, 10Q regulatory filing with the, the SEC. So the Security Exchange Commission. So I wanted to read this article is because, you know, one, big companies are getting hacked, right? They do have protocols in place to be able to, you know, remediate and, and you know, respond to these attacks. But you also see that even bigger, larger organizations that have these things in place are the ones that can get compromised as well. So you think about it, if you don't have your security measures in place, your breach response, 24-7 uh, monitoring, things along that line, what happens is if you can't detect it, what's going to happen? You are very, very at high risk to be actually breached, compromised, and might not even know it. This might go on, you know, they might be doing reconnaissance in your network for, you know, three months, six months. I think the one of the articles I was reading uh, a few months back says the average, you know, hacker that's in the system is up to around six months of, uh, doing reconnaissance in, in a network, being able to not be detected, and then all of a sudden now they execute their their attack. So if you're not able to detect uh, malicious behavior, uh, irregular behavior, anything along that line, this is what could happen, right? You can get compromised. Now, uh, Mattel did a lot of gr a great job. They were able to respond quickly. They were able to remediate this very quickly and get back up and going. So great things on Mattel's side, but again, just a reminder for you guys that have core organizations, you're managing the cybersecurity and you're protecting it. What depth have you gone into to make sure that you can respond to it? When's the last time you did a tabletop exercise, right? When you, you reviewed your, your breach response, what does that look like? Can you respond quickly? Are you able to remediate it? Or is it something that it's down the list of to do's because you've got so much other things going on? And this is why it's so important to ha just have these reminders, these conversations that you got to protect yourself. you got to go through these tabletop exercises, these reviews frequently, especially when the times are tough. And this is a kind of like a side note here. Uh, anytime things are stressful, this is when something's going to happen. And now this is just my personal opinion, but I found like as I worked in physical security as I worked, you know, in IT, as I worked in, you know, and now working in cybersecurity, even in business in different areas. Every time I've heard someone's going under a lot of stress and their stresses to the company, the individual, the people, the teams, whatever that may be, that's when now something comes up. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's universal law or whatever that may be. What happens, I find that's kind of like the case. It's like, you know, when when it when it rains, it pours, right? Same situation. So you got to be prepared in the worst situations. I know when I was doing um, in physical security, we would do scenarios 
different types of scenarios in the most busiest times, right? So we'd like, and I was working at the Sky Dome. Sometimes we would do through a busy event, we would do, you know, scenarios in that event now to have you respond because you're under a lot of pressure, you're under a lot of stress and see how you, you know, you work through that incident, whatever that may be. And then what happens is when you debrief, you can kind of see what worked and what didn't. And now because it was just a scenario, you're able to keep practicing and improving and improving. No different from a breach response plan. No different from any of your instant response plans. Test them in stressful situations as well. Not just tabletop exercise where you're in a boardroom and kind of everyone kind of goes through the scenario, but actually test them too through busy times. What's going on? Like when people are very, you know, and stressed, I guess is the best way to say it, because everything's going on in the environment. Have them test out that tabletop exercise then too. Because then I'll show you how can you deal with this when the most stressful time. Say, in, for example, pandemic, election, uh, election, everything's going on at once. And now all of a sudden you're like, okay, now we had a ransomware attack. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with now people remote, people are in offsite, the MSP, uh, maybe provider, your cloud solution now is not able to be contacted because it's longer response times. What does that mean now for your incident? How does that work out? So that's just a little bit of a side note, just kind of my opinion of people need to kind of review that time. I know it's not optimal. I know it sucks. You know, you don't really want to do it at the worst case scenario, but this is when things are going to happen, right? This is the when, you know, you know, they say the shit hits the fan. Well, this is what's going to happen and you got to be prepared for it because if you are prepared, yes, it does suck. Yes, it's not something you want to deal with, but you can handle it. You can make the adjustments, you know, put the team, the incident response team in place and then go. And then all of a sudden you look at the remediation, you get it through it and then you resolve it and then you have a debriefing after. So just my opinion on that. Uh, again, this article is going to be below. If you have any questions about it, comment below, let me know. But yeah, that was one article I wanted to cover. Uh, second article I wanted to cover today was the endpoint security extends to the cloud. So, so many companies have moved and transitioned over to cloud uh, you know, software as a service, platform as a service, infrastructure as a service. Uh, now, they, some companies had like a hybrid solution where they had some on-prem and then some in the cloud. And then some companies went directly from on-prem directly to the cloud because they had to have the accessibility of the data, their information, their software online so that not only their staff and their internal team, but also maybe their clients had to have access to it. So they transitioned very quickly over to a cloud solution. So I want to go over this article, which I thought was really good, uh, by Brian Perreri. And it was walking through some points, right, of things that we need to kind of look at. Uh, first point is it's a two-way street. The threats to uh, IT infrastructure could come from the endpoints, a device that a device with out-of-date software or no anti-malware, and careless users could open a can of worms that could crawl back to the private or public you know, cloud upstream and then separate and then spread literally infect uh, sorry and spread laterally infected other devices on the network but the the threat could also come from the inter internet itself uh, compromised service malicious scripts cross uh, cross-site scripting misconfigured s3 buckets that may have been infected poorly configured cloud resources uh, could all infect the endpoint downstream both the cloud's uh, service resources owners at, and the endpoint user administrators are equally responsible for securing the endpoints. 
that is key here. And I just want to remind people, it's up to us as the owners of the business and the people that are setting up to look at. And then you look here, both the cloud service resource owner and the endpoint user and ministry are equally responsible for securing the endpoints. Us, we're responsible, right? Us as the owners of the the cloud in the sense of the the setup of the cloud and the configuration. So if you're going with Amazon and you set up an instance with Amazon, you're responsible for securing that, right? Amazon secure is, is responsible for securing the infrastructure. That means the data center, the hardware, right? You know, the actual hard drives, access points to the actual data center, making sure all that's secure. The software on the actual server, that's their responsibility in the sense of, if it is something that they have to manage. Now, on our side, it's whatever you install on that bucket. So if you have infrastructure as a service, you're installing an infrastructure on it, you're responsible for hardening it. Software, you know, platform, all that is up to yourself. And I wanted to hit that home because I know still having that conversation that people are going, yeah, no, no, Amazon, you know, Google, Microsoft, they're all looking after it. And then they find out later that, uh-uh, they're only looking after it to a certain point. So please, 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 please look at your terms of service and make sure that you have the right people and right team in place to make sure that everything's secure. Next is CASB, Cloud Access Security Broker. It's a way to ensure proper security in both directions, upstream and downstream. It is a software that acts as an intermediary between users and cloud service providers. McAfee, a pioneer in CASB technology, was uh, says CASB allows an organization to extend its security policy from on-premise infrastructure to the cloud and creates new policies for cloud-specific contexts. This includes software as a service, infrastructure as a service, and platform as a service environments across public, private, and hybrid clouds. So again, looking at your policies and your procedures and making sure that everything's set up properly and you have a solution in place. So uh, cloud access security brokers are one really to look into. Next is now even the cloud has endpoints. So before cloud, we had physical resources like servers, storages, network switches, and clients, PCs, and workstations. And we had to secure them. But today, resources are abstracted. Uh, we have virtual equivalents, for instance, physical network interface cards. Um, physical servers and nodes today have VNICs in the cloud. Uh, these are logical instances. Likewise, we have virtual switches uh, versus physical network switches and APIs versus cables uh, and physical connectors. Welcome to the virtual world. These virtualized, virtualized resources are a virtual network in a virtual private cloud. And these networks are organized in, in subnets. So you, so you could have virtual instances, virtual machines, low balancer storage, network connectivities without a subnet. And then it goes in that, and it says, so it boils down to good configuration, and that's where management endpoint security services come in. So again, looking after your own you know, setup and configuration, making sure you do that. Then cloud getting is decentralized. With the advert of the pandemic, work, work uh, forces became decentralized, right? Everyone started working from home. IT infrastructure also had to keep up because it was not easy to administrate distributed endpoints outside the corporate perimeter using traditional IT administration. So the cloud began to decentralize. The endpoint devices are now uh, getting virtualized, VDI, to ensure a better security and, and control for dis uh, distributed uh, users, you know, work from home. 
For years, organizations have been using VPNs to ensure security, secure communication between remote end, endpoints and the corporate network. So again, making sure that you're doing your due diligence as you're going through and securing that. With the event of the pandemic and, and everything that's going on with people working from home, you have to look at securing every access point, every device. Right? And the endpoint devices are now getting virtualized, So, which means that now you have to put better security on them. So you have, might have to have a, 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 an endpoint client. You might have to have a stronger passwords. You have to have, again, administrative controls with password policies. So you have to make sure these things are in place. And then last is the edge uh, computing. In the years ahead, we will see applications that demand real-time processing uh, closer to the endpoint or on the endpoint itself. The cloud will extend back into the enterprise. The endpoints will uh, be connected to the cloud through high-speed connectors like 5G. So endpoint security will also will once again be redefined. So again, we're just kind of changing the network, changing the infrastructure, and then we'll have to look at different types of security. And then it goes into a little bit of a conclusion that you know you guys can read on your own. But these are things you need to look at, all right, and just kind of review as you're looking at your cloud security. Last article I wanted to go over what is what is the cyber psychology of human error in cybersecurity. Now this was a really good you know article and one thing we have to kind of look at is so many people look at the human element as challenges, right? You know, all the users, the users, the users, the users keep ca causing these issues. So this is why it's a great article to kind of read because there is still that aspect. And now with everyone working from home or a big portion of uh, employees working from home right now, it's really changed the landscape again and looking at cybersecurity awareness and things that need to be done to make sure that security is in place. Right? A joint report from the cybersecurity firm ESAT and business psychology provider the Myers-Briggs Company revealed that human error has led to the increase in the cybersecurity risk and challenges for 80% of companies during the pandemic. The report, Cybercology uh, of the Human Element, analyzed the minds of 2,000 custom, uh, consumers and over 100 CISOs in the UK examine the link between cybersecurity employee person, personality and stress levels while working remotely. The report stated that the employee's awareness and their personalities play a key role in the protecting, or, protecting organizations against evolving uh, cyber threats. Human error was the biggest cybersecurity challenge for, the, for most CISOs during the pandemic. Cyber cr uh, criminal activities surged by 63% since the lockdown was introduced and nearly 47% of people are concerned about the ability to manage stress during the crisis. It was found that 75% of organizations said 50% of the business is being underta undertaken by employees who are now working remotely in distributed work environments. So you look how the numbers are really kind of talking about the increase of stress. And when people are under stress, they make mistakes. You know, they're tired, they're fatigued, you know, they're really overworked, right? Things are going on at home, the home work-life balance. And then from there, what happens is now they start making mistakes. They get tired. They might have meeting fatigue as well. Um, I'm sure, you know, you're probably hearing colleagues are talking about that. They're going back-to-back, back-to-back meetings. Well, not moving and sitting in a chair and doing that from video conferencing to, to uh, just normal, te you know, telephone conferencing and not moving much will cause stress in the body and people get tired, they get sore, they get fatigued. And then over time and distance of doing that over months, you really start to see the challenges start to arise. So things that I would recommend first and foremost is, is look at cybersecurity awareness training, making sure that you have that in place. 
right? That you're taking your employees, your subcontractors, your contractors, whatever that may be, uh, vendors, and making sure that they're doing this. They're, they're doing their own uh, cybersecurity awareness training. Second, looking at the health and well-being of your employees, right? Having some sort of survey or evaluation to kind of see where they're at. Are they stressed? Do they need help? Do they need guidance? Do they need support? Do they need to talk to someone? Are they overwhelmed? Are they dealing with financial issues? Whatever that may be, doing a survey to kind of see what's the the level of stress and how your employees are dealing with the pandemic is really going to help to your cybersecurity awareness as well. Because if you know what the issues are, you can take action again and to help and to remediate them. If you don't, you're going to go back and have all these solutions. You're going to have endpoint protection. You have malware scanning. You're going to do all this great stuff. But now some people are going to keep making mistakes. And you're going to be like, what's going on? They've gone through cybersecurity awareness training. They should know this by now. Why are they still making mistakes? And not looking at the human element of people are just tired and fatigued. Right? And they're overworked and stressed will be the downfall of that. And this is where you'll find more and more issues. So you got to look at kind of the technical controls, the administrative controls, as well as the human element of looking after your staff and your team and making sure they're taken care of. Because that's one of the hardest things right now is people are so divided that sometimes you don't get to see them and how they're dealing with things. So when they're working remotely and working at home, you really don't get to see the challenges that people are going through, the emotional stress and trauma. So I'd love to hear what you guys think. I know I've given you guys a lot of information from these three articles. Comment below. Let me know what you think if you're, if you're watching this right now. Uh, I'd love to kind of get your insight. Uh, I know this. I've covered a lot of information. Uh, just give me a second here. I'm going to switch over this. I know I've covered a lot of information there when it came to, comes to the articles. Uh, like I said, I'm going to have the articles in the, uh, in the comments below so you can check them out. Uh, and yeah, I think that's going to be it for today's podcast. Give me a little bit shorter. I've covered a lot of information, just a lot going on right now. Uh, so much happening in the industry when it comes to cybersecurity and protection. Uh, there's always the elevate, uh, evolution of new technologies, of new solutions, new strategies out there, and just understanding what works best for your company and your organization, right? Does it integrate with your solutions properly? Does it meet you know your budget and your needs? Right? And you're able, are you able to care and feed for it without kind of breaking the bank and you know exhausting your resources of your team? So there's a lot of these factors that we have to think about as we're talking about different types of solutions and different type of ways of incorporating the best uh, security solution. So that's it for today's daily cyber. Uh, I'd really like to thank you for checking checking me out. Uh, again, the the information is going to be below about the articles, uh, the meetups. I'm just trying to think if there was anything else I, was, I promised you guys. I think that's it uh, for the information I'll provide in the comments below to make sure that you have everything. And I really appreciate that you are coming out and, and checking out my podcast and really listening to how to protect yourself and the truth about cybersecurity. So just want to remind you, don't forget, software is hackable, being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next Daily Cyber.